When was the last time you prayed, Evan? Dear God, almost yesterday. (laughs) 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 Almost yesterday? (laughs) Wait, what did you pray for? I locked myself out of my apartment. (laughs) I'm talking about like a genuine connection to God, not just like a God help me. Like, were you legit? Like, you know what? I got to put this suit back on. It was like a moment of me where I was just like, God, if this door opens right now, I will never do this podcast again. (laughs) Like, What if it did? Dearly beloved, welcome to the Unblessed Podcast, where we inquire and exposit the mysteries of that ancient text, that good book itself, the Holy Bible. We are not theologians nor historians. We are but armchair philosophers who spent years in seminary or on a church staff and have since departed to make our own way. We invite you now to read, think, and laugh with us as we dive deep into the denominational doctrines of the divine in the Unblessed Podcast. Welcome to the Unblessed Podcast, and my name is Evan. And I'm Scott. And we are 2X Improv Testifiers. Hallelujah. As, no, no, hallelujah. Shit about a Hyundai, but about a Kia. Um, <laughs> no! <laughs> <laughs> that feels on the ledge somehow, but I like it. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> Oh, improv uh, testifiers. Improv testifiers. Scott, um, did you ever have to do a uh, like improv testimony? Like somebody was like, "All right, show your faith right now. Go." All the ta- all the goddamn time. All right, we'll do it now. <laughs> Go. I you should know. Born in a creek in the middle of nowhere, and then the light of the Lord came upon and then me. I was picked up by an Egyptian woman <laughs> and raised yeah. we by did Pharaohs. all through college I had to and this probably sounds insane to people who weren't in this culture but like I thought it was normal and honestly I looked forward to it at times that's how much mm-hmm. I was into this but we would have like a workshop full of Christians and you'd have to like partner up with people and share your testimony in like five minutes or less. And it felt like not funny improv comedy lessons. I don't know. It was a nightmare looking back. Um, Cause you're trying to like testify to someone who already knows the ins and outs. Like you had to pretend yeah. like, and so they're not going to ask any hard questions. No, they'd be like, <laughs> like, I don't understand salvation. Why don't you tell me about it? Like not a God, real conversation. Who's there? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It was, a nightmare. Did you have to do anything like this? We're all so sinful. How sinful are we? <laughs> so did you have Muppet training as well? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll be honest. I would rather give birth. I would rather give birth than testify. Like, I, like there's, there was yeah, always something so like socially reprehensible about being like, hey, 
you know how how you believe there isn't a god yeah we're well, wrong <laughs> did you ever take it out in the field though did you finally take what you learned in these workshops and put it upon actual human beings that were just trying to go about their day i think like once oh evan you missed out on some real glory mm, i know I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I apologize, lis- listener. Like, if I had done that, I would have had a lot more, yeah, content to work with for you. I, I did some like door to door stuff. Um, what kind of door to door stuff? Some in Fountain Square. Are there, are we knocked on this one guy's door uh, in Indianapolis, and it was like, "Hey, how's it going?" He was like, yeah, "This big like Colts shirt on." <laughs> And he was like, hey, what's up? And we're like, all right, yeah, you know, we're just letting people know that there's like a Bible study that we're going to be doing uh, if you're interested. And he's like, oh, yeah, totally. And we're like, oh, yeah, well, can we get your like <laughs> name and phone number so we can invite you? And he's like, honestly, I was lying. I'm not interested. Uh, like, <laughs> which I thought was, was the most, I know, he was just like letting us. And we were like, oh, okay, bye. <laughs> Oh, man. I actually crave that now. Like, I so badly want someone to come to my door and try to evangelize to me and, like, give me their testimony. Because I would give them the time of day. And Mm. I would would invite them to my home and make them cookies and have an afternoon with them. But no one's knocked on my door since I've lived here. I know. I think one lady did. And she was, uh, I think she was Jehovah Witness. And it did not go great. She was just like... Here, take this, and she walked away. That's yeah. That's been my experience with Jehovah's Witnesses is that they're just more interested in handing out flyers. And yeah. I there was one morning, it was in Alabama, um, where I was in college, and I f- heard some like rustling around in the living room, and I <laughs> two Jehovah's Witnesses wrestling in your kitchen. <laughs> I got up and I saw like a piece of paper going up and then down up and then down like somebody was trying to do the credit card trick on my door (laughs) and i open it and the piece of paper falls and i look at this lady and she looks at me looks down at the piece of paper looks at me picks it up hands it to me and runs off oh my gosh i want to know because i've been in this game where we passed out flyers and doors we would go about and just try to talk to people and the return rate is so low like oh yeah it's so low i think because i was in charge of printing these flyers for a while and i remember we would spend hundreds of dollars printing you know a thousand posters or something or a thousand card like invitation cards and we i think in all of that i can i can safely assume we had two to three actual interested people like email or walk over to a service but it to me like we wasted so much time. We would spend days just walking around canvassing neighborhoods and passing out stupid little flyers. But the the improv portion of your testimony to me is a funny memory because I, I remember like sharing it with like college leaders, like Bible study leaders, and they would give you like feedback, like you're doing like a Hollywood, you know, reading. You know, they're like, all right, give it a little bit more emotion. You know, maybe like when you lean into this part of your story. Yeah. Like making them aware that like you are leaning on your own righteousness at that time. Uh, say it one more time. Yeah. <laughs> and one more time. Break up those words. Really give a yeah. give us some space when you talk about Jesus. You know. Uh, one more time, like you're sad. <laughs> one more time, like you're happy. I'm a sinner. 
<laughs> now, now you're really happy. <laughs> I'm a sinner. <laughs> it's no, it's I, so I remember oh. the big thing when I, I, I did a New York mission trip and I didn't talk to anybody. Um, <laughs> you went on I a mission bigger, trip and didn't talk uh, to anybody. I, I went on so many mission trips and didn't talk to a single fucking soul. <laughs> um, like I would... I, there would be one person I would talk to and I would be like, yeah, we're here on a mission trip. And they'd be like, neat. Yeah. Cool story. And I'd be like, yeah, all right, cool. Bye. I, I, I immediately got the idea that whenever I mentioned mission trip, that whoever I was talking to was like, I do not want to know this person anymore. Yeah. This like, is done. This conversation's over. Yeah, this you. conversation's done. I'm, I'm not interested in them. Um, But the big thing was, it was your elevator speech. How can you? Yes, that's where I was looking for. It's it was like your elevator pitch. That's exactly what it no. was. How can you, in the time frame of being on an elevator, accurately describe, or a- accurately you know portray God, or accurately like oh. you know share the gospel? How can you sum up four thousand years of history and theology in four minutes? Go, white people. <laughs> Uh, the Crusades. I, yeah. Uh, violence. Um, yeah, the yeah. national language is a dialect with a gun. <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah no, it's, like it's it's uh it, the um, God, my brain sh- shut off. The elevator pitch thing was that was a real thing where it was like. Okay, you have your whole testimony that if you have to sit down and have a conversation with somebody, you can share. And like I shared my testimony with so many people that were Christians, like over and over again when I was doing any sort of mentoring. I'm like, hey, this is where I'm from. Yeah. This is how I which like there's a bit of a persecution complex mm-hmm. embedded into Christianity where you had to get to this point now. Mm. Um And so you have to think about your life beforehand as being not enough. Yes. And so you have to frame it in that way. And I really remember this one guy, he was beat up. We were on this, uh, we were on this mission trip where we were building a church and he was like, I don't have anything. I remember this all the time. Yes. Yeah. He was like, I, he was like, it sounds weird, but like, and he's, so much so questioned whether or not he was even a Christian during that time frame, because he was just like, I feel no different than I did before. Yeah. That is a excellent point. When I was leading a college men's Bible study every semester, I had a handful of guys that were like that. They were like, I remember we would talk about how are you sharing your faith? Or like describe what your life before Christ was like. And every time someone would be like, I don't really know. I've just always kind of been me and I've always just not had any major problems. And people would just like, and then you start making up these like huge problems. Like, well, you know, I would like, and they'd say like very general things. Like I was prideful as a kid or something like that. I was a three-year-old. I did a lot of crack. I literally had like (laughs) men, adult men say stuff like that. Like, well, I was pretty uh, you know, when I was a child, I was pretty prideful and I, and you know, I was pretty unrighteous as a four-year-old. And I'm like, as a four-year-old, like you knew you were sinful and unrighteous. Like it, to me, the, the exercise, it forces you to 
create, like you were saying, like, how can I make sure my life before Christ looks worse than what it is now? And, and I think it leads to this bigger problem of people being disingenuine as a whole. Cause then they say like, well, yeah, my life was horrible. I'm like, you grew up in the suburbs. You had no wants, like you had food on the table. You are, your, your college is paid for now. Like, why are you complaining? (laughs) Like, was your life really that bad before? But people just make it up so they can make their testimony sound good. And I remember people, that was oh, a huge sure. problem. They say, well, I didn't have a, a really rich testimony. Mine was a boring testimony all the time. And I never knew how to talk people out of that as, you know, a Bible study leader, as a pastor and just saying, well, God's, it's not about your testimony. It's about God's story. It's his story. <laughs> his story. God. History. Uh, well. Did you do the, uh, ask me about my story stuff? Oh, like the, um, I am second stuff or no. Yeah. Yeah. Like there was a, there, we put up like a little booth oh, God. that was ask me about my story Oh, and we stood there and no one asked us about our <laughs> no stories. No one cared. <laughs> no one gave because it was a bunch of white dudes and it was like, well, I doubt they've got a whole lot to say. I've seen it. Don't, yeah. <laughs> I like, don't have I, any questions. <laughs> yeah, I, we did some similar things like that in high school and whatever. But, um, but I want to talk about, did you ever do improv preaching? Speaking of, since we have a clip about this one. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you ever have to improv I preach? I don't think I ever had to improv preach. Um, I mean, I've had to be in situations where I had to, for sure, where it was like, all right, and Evan, get up and do this thing. Um, and I was like, hop, hoop, hop, hoop, hop. Like um, put together a 20-minute sermon just on the fly? Yeah, just like, up, 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 up. I definitely did that. I, I was never in any sort of workshop where I had to just, somebody was like, all right, Romans 12, go. Yeah, I I never had to do like an improv preaching like I did with a testimony. But I do recall having a sermon writing like workshop where we brought in Mm -hmm. somebody who is like really good at sermons and they would look at what we wrote down and be like, you could do this better. But it was just like an English, you know, exam. You just have like, you're basically a professor going like, ah, like you should take this part out. This doesn't make any sense. This isn't like have any continuity, blah, 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 blah. This is excessive, which honestly looking back, it was kind of helpful as far as like writing and putting ideas down. But Oh, for sure. It, the best the best seminary class I ever took was uh, the preaching class because it was essentially a public speaking class. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. That's all it was. And I, like those are the best preachers, the ones that actually look at the craft of public speaking and do that well. But mm-hmm. my problem is it takes all of the spiritual element out of it because then suddenly you're not just relying on the word itself and relying on the spirit. Like it's relying on well, I got to, you know, I got to take these classes. I got to be a better public speaker because it goes against what the Bible actually says about it. Like, look at Moses. He was supposed to be not be a good public speaker, but yet God. He, he, he allegedly had a stutter. Yeah. So that's the whole point is like, we shouldn't have to take classes to be good preachers, but any church that has over a thousand people and I guarantee it's someone who's actually, a, it's just an inherently a good public speaker is why they're. I say any people. church, any church over a hundred. Yeah. I, over a hundred for sure. Yeah. The ones Over that are 100. like the small house churches, it's just people who are 
shouting from the rooftops, whatever they feel like. So yeah, um, or it's just an old church that just has never that just is families who are keeping it afloat these days. I want to talk about this clip that you showed me of what looks like a bunch of Christian bros in a workshop atmosphere. Oh. It's the worst. It's the worst. It's so bad. Describe so it for us, Evan. Yeah. So this guy is like, when you ask a bunch of, uh, when you ask a bunch of missionaries to improv preach and then he turns around and he goes, Josh, and Josh goes, uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, Josh he's really like, just stepped off a of Hillsong's worship team, by the way. He's got like the oversized tee. Oh my God. Nike's on. Absolutely fucking sucks this person. <laughs> um, and he goes, he just like, I know it. Uh, and he's like, improv preach Romans 12, one, therefore brothers, by the mercies of God, God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual worship. I just looked up Romans 12, one, just see, but it is 12, one that he asked him. And then he just like, he's just like, Oh yeah. So like God wants us to, you know, be, he sacrificed himself for us and you don't want to be a half baked cookie. You want to be a full, like it's, the thing is, it's not nonsensical because it's very easy. Yeah, he's not even making any point. He's just—he's not making any point. He throws in cookies just to be funny, funny at the end. Which there's a higher level of this uh, with Evan and his improv classes, where improv doesn't need to be funny, nor should you make it funny. Mm. At the end of the day, look at the best improv uh, you've ever seen, and it the funny develops as it goes because people are funny. Yeah. At the end of the day, like the, the trying funny to be funny happens. is not funny. Exactly. It's the worst thing possible for somebody who does improv. It's disingenuous to the art of improv itself. I just think it sucks. I just, uh, yeah, the whole vibe. It also sucks. Is, yeah. That's the, uh, it, <laughs> it also sucks. sucks. Like, <laughs> but from an analytical standpoint, there's no, in what improv actually is scene building and everything like that. When it comes to the comedy art form itself, I, and I realize these are two different, like quote unquote art forms, but they are using improv that like they are using the term. Sure. Yeah. Like he didn't say when you ask them to preach on the fly. Yeah. He didn't say when you asked them to ad lib preach, he said improv. And it's because he clearly like improv is in the media. It's in the culture. It's out there with whose lies it anyway and stuff like that. And so he's like, okay, improv preaching. And it's like, that's not, this that's not what improv is. Evan, right in, right in the heart, it, this one. <laughs> well, because it's it, like, it, it kind of sucks when you like put your time into practicing yeah, something absolutely. and then somebody's like, oh, I can do it. And I just think they're the whole like, thing blows because it's, oh, yeah. to me, uh, this workshop is like, they're hyping people up for the most, stupid points like the most low bar vanilla association it's word association is what they're doing it's just like blue purple and then everyone cheers and goes crazy like and what i hate is he's like i'm sounding such a hater but i don't care it's just like he does like the mic drop motion at the end with his pen and he's so smug and everyone's like patting him on the back and i'm just like this is not good (laughs) like i think that's what drives me nuts that it's, these people will do stuff like this and get so inflated and like, I'm the best at what I do and I'm making these revolutionary points and they feel like they're untouchable. And it's not, you're, you, I, these people I guarantee have not even read the Bible from cover to cover. 
and yet they're going to be like leading churches in the next few years. So that's what's gross yeah. to me about the whole thing. But speaking of grossness and bros and generally just sucking prayer. <laughs> <laughs> that's the main topic today we're going to talk about the main topic we're going today. to dive into it we have a couple of verses that are uh crucial to the concept of prayer yeah uh so we were talking about this earlier yeah um scott i kind of want to get your take on this about like and what i looked this is what i saw um old testament prayer is very much a like asking you shall receive I will say it's from the point of view of people who, if they don't receive, they don't live. Sure. Yeah. A lot of the times, you yeah. know, uh, it's like a, well, God, can you please not burn them down? <laughs> yeah. uh, can you please not kill them? Mm-hmm. Can we please get this harvest uh, type thing? Um, so that's Old Testament a mm-hmm. lot of the time. Um, or it's praying against and it's saying like, hey, Kill them with fire, God. They're the bad guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it is very transactional in that manner. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's God's chosen people talking to God, asking him for things. You could say there's a meta narrative there about the uh, God preserving his chosen people. Um, but I don't think you get away with just saying that that's that. Like there obviously is a, <laughs> someone has to ask for God to do something. Yeah. Um, Post new te- post uh, Jesus, uh, we get into it a little bit where it's like if you ask for anything, it'll be given to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more about your kind of, desires it, 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 and wants. Yeah, it kind of goes. It's it's a little. It's weird that it's like all the way different, but still kind of feels the same. Where it's like if you ask God for anything, He's gonna give it to you. Yes. When Jesus talks about prayer Himself, though. Mm-hmm. It feels a little bit more like Jesus never necessarily, I don't, I can't find an instance where Jesus tells people to pray for a specific thing. Yeah, not necessarily like uh, pray for rain in this capacity, but uh, it's always about like, you know, Pray for being in prayer or pray for your enemies or being delivered. Such, yeah. Or yeah, being like different things like that. Like it's, it's a lot more, um, it, it seems a lot more meditative, at least on the surface, um, mm. in a sense. And I could be entirely wrong on this, but I think it's just another one of those interesting differences where we have old Testament God mm-hmm. who, Maybe it's just that the only times they're jotting down prayer is when it was important. <laughs> it was like, and Moses prayed, and God killed Certainly. all the Korahites, or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and then in the New Testament, people are like, well, what does prayer do? And it's like, well, if you pray for anything, everything happens. And it's like, sure. Um, I don't know. I want to know your thoughts on how that is because that's how I'm reading it. And it's a little bit different than how I grew up in understanding it. Yeah. I think prayer has evolved over the generations and I don't think, I think the, even the a child could see the differences in that today. I mean, you look at how people pray 
nowadays versus how people prayed just 100, 200, 2,000 years ago is yeah. wildly different. Um, I've always thought about prayer, at, like you were saying, as transactional in the Bible. And I think that's what makes it so difficult to understand nowadays is when you read it in the Bible, you see it just there's no time elapsed in most cases. You just, you know, you hear people pray and then God answered immediately. So you kind of assume that when you pray, you should get an answer right away. And I won't lie. I think what a, a bigger revelation in my theology was in college, realizing that the Bible wasn't just event after event after event. Like there was, there was long spans. I remember there's um, a good example in the old Testament of, it's either Abraham or another big, uh, big hero of the faith. And there's like 90 years go by before that prayer is answered. So I remember thinking, okay, if I pray today, I might not hear something for a long time. Um, but I think nowadays people have gleaned from the new Testament versus like Mark 11, where it's, you know, ask whatever you whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you've received it and it'll be yours. Like verses right. like that, where it says, if you just believe it hard enough and have enough faith, then it will happen. So that's yeah. what's birthed this televangelist uh, prosperity of like, well, if you just believe hard enough, God will reward you by answering your prayer. And so um, that's what's more fascinating to me is how we've taken, is first of all, why those verses are in the New Testament like what, what was Jesus trying to communicate or what were some of the new Testament authors trying to communicate? Whereas you look in the old Testament and it's like, God, maybe don't kill all of the people this time. <laughs> so, and I think we've talked about it in the past, but prayer in the old Testament was very much like a, a direct line to your livelihood. Um, and this is going to get a little too nerdy, but I think prayer was, it was a communal thing because there was nothing else to do as a community together. It's like, it was, that's why you were outsed if it was, if you didn't pray and, and take part in the worships of your God, because it was, Hey, we all need to do this. So it rains this year for our crops. Oh, and Joe over here, I saw he's not praying and he's not doing his sacrifices. And that's why it hasn't rained the last three weeks. So they always why blamed everybody, the community yeah. aspect of it. That's why everybody is so upset in Jonah. When Jonah's just asleep, yeah, under like everybody's praying to their specific God, yes, and then he gets up and he's like, "I'm the problem." <laughs> um, yeah, so I think there's this community aspect of like you have to pray because that's the only thing we know how to make these magical things work. Like people don't understand rain forecasts, they understand heat waves, they understand like some of these what we have already nailed down with science, like. We know we can just look for a weather pattern and we know where, where it's generally going to go over the yeah. next seven days. Whereas you were just hoping a cloud was coming by and then you were just hoping it was going to rain. And you thought yeah. prayer was encouraging that along because you thought God was in charge of it all. Um, it's the whole God of the gaps argument. So that's why I think yeah. we've prayed for uh, nowadays. We, we still pray for the ethereal, confusing parts of reality. And that's where prayer owns it. That's why people pray for like things like peace and patience and love and acceptance, things that you can't tangibly measure. That's what prayer is uh, 
a factor in today. So that's why it's like, yeah, I'm just praying for their heart or I'm praying for their mind. So things you can't really like attribute to science or any kind of a, you know, measurement. Yeah. Yeah. I want to, I want, let's jump into some of these verses. First uh, John five. Yeah. First John doozy. five, 14. Now this is the confidence we have before him. Whenever we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, and if we know that he hears whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked him for. That is a lot of, you know, that you know, that you know, that you know, you know, like New Testament kind of sucks sometimes. Oh my God. It's tough to read. I think there is a, like the one that Peter allegedly wrote, um, has, I think in first Peter, he says, basically, I hear you guys have been getting letters from Paul. Good luck trying to read them. <laughs> Good luck. That <laughs> so guy can't even, read. even like, even within like all the, like even the authors are just like, I'm so sorry you were sent a letter by Paul. The guy just doesn't know what a period is. He writes like, in palindrome. <laughs> oh my God. Um, and so, but here, here with John, John is saying, he's saying like, okay, here's what we can be confident in. Whenever we ask anything of God, he hears that. And if we're confident that he, if we believe that there's a God who can hear our prayers, then we can also be confident that God will give us that thing, which does, which skips something. Well, I'm curious. What do you think about verse 14 where he says, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. What is what does past that, Evan think about that? And what does current Evan think about that? Past Evan, that scares him a little bit because he's like, okay, like what if I don't know what his will is? Different things like that. Like the, his will is so nuanced. Um, <laughs> current Evan is like, that's a Band-Aid. <laughs> that's, the, that's, the, that's the fine print on that verse. Mm, like, that's well, the I legal asked, term at the bottom. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I asked for or, I asked for a new car. Ah, 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 according to his will. Yep. But but the pastor got one. Yeah, well, it was according to his will. Only filed in 2023. <laughs> <laughs> yep, sorry. This coupon expired. Um, kind of taking this off track for a bit. I love 16 through 17. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's too so good. we go from and if we know that he hears us uh whatever we ask we know that we have what we have asked him for and then john immediately says if anyone sees his brother committing a sin that does not bring death he should ask god or she he should ask and god would give life to him to those who commit sin that doesn't bring death there is sin that brings death <laughs> i am not saying he should pray about that all unrighteousness is sin, and there is sin that is not. So he's like, now hold up, like there, there's all sin is bad. Some sin, a little bit worse, which is an interesting argument that like John might be making in this moment in time. It's a very odd verse. It's the only time, <laughs> if I recall, that they talk about like a sin that leads to death. Like it's, yeah. and this is off topic, but yeah, it's like somehow it gets sprinkled in like, oh yeah, and uh, it's fine to you know pray about certain sins, but the ones that lead to death, I'm not saying... I, write oh, yeah, that down, but don't write it down. Oh yeah, he's basically saying don't pray for murderers. Yeah, it's... That's a very interesting verse. Uh, which may... Like, which that, to anybody who has not spent any time in church, that sentence I just said probably sounds wild. Yeah. 
it it is that 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 would that would come across your mind but growing up growing up in this culture is very much a like pray for those who persecute you yeah. a lot and so the idea of praying for a murderer or praying for a tyrant an unrepentant sinner for, yeah praying for someone there are several instances in the church of pastors encouraging women to pray for their abusive husbands instead of leaving them. Like it's like it, that if you didn't grow up in church, that sentence I said probably sounded fucking weird, but like, this is, this is the culture. Mm. It's a, there's a persecution aspect already built into it. Um, But I just think it's, it, is it so, sounds like yeah, the author is like writing is. And so John's just kind of like <laughs> John is just kind of just like it, it's funny that we have that, but John over here is like, hey, don't pray for that. Yeah, but Which also is, keep that in your mind. <laughs> keep that in your mind, but don't. But yeah, I'm curious about the the. I think this verse for prayer is. Uh, the most exhausting to me because when as a Christian, I read this and go, okay, so we can get anything answered. Like God will immediately answer us that this is the way I interpret it is God will gladly with a smile on his face, answer your prayers as long as it's according to what he wants to happen. And this is so exhausting to me because then you pray for things that you think, well, this is a slam dunk. Like why? Well, of course God wants this to happen. Like, of course things, and I'm not even talking about like grandiose things like, Oh God, like, you know, save our house from going to the bank. Like things like, I mean that I would hope God would help, but I'm talking about like, God save my friend. Who's a non-believer, you know, like allow him to go mm-hmm. to heaven with you for eternity. And in my brain as a Christian, I think, of course this lines up with God's will. Like, why wouldn't he answer this prayer? And then it doesn't happen, and you think, "Oh, I guess God just fucking hates that person." <laughs> like, yeah. it that's what makes me so exhausted by this verse is that you think, as a Christian, I'm I'm asking for the I have to be asking for the right thing. Like, there's no other yeah. way about this. And then it doesn't happen, and you either question your ability to, you either think you're not a good enough Christian. Like, well, I guess I don't know what God really wants in reality, or God is like not who you think he is. And he's somebody that you thought you knew, but suddenly he's going to pull the rug out from underneath you. So this verse, yeah, it's just so confusing to me because it does seem like the legal term of like, you can pray for anything and you'll get it, but it has to be God's secret plan. And then he'll, then he'll get it for you. So then he'll get it for you. I don't know. Yeah. Prayer is an interesting little rabbit. Um, <laughs> just a sneaky little rabbit. Just a sneaky little bunny. Um, <laughs> Because you have, because here we have, like, according to his will, this again gets into the question of how far does his will pervade? And how much does prayer influence his will? Yes, in that's, Testament, yes. That. In the Old Testament, all the fucking time. Yes, that's a great point. <laughs> you know, like, you can fucking sneeze without, like, God intervening uh, on someone's behalf. Like it's, it's the whole theology of intervention and intercession does not make sense with God's will in my brain. People have posed yeah. like, well, you know, God's will is going to happen because he's God. Like he's unstoppable. So whatever's going to happen is going to happen, whether you like it or not. 
And the way prayer was taught to me as I was getting older was you prayer is more like just joining in and agreeing with God and what's going to happen and less about yeah. asking him Realigning, to change your values. Aligning yourself, aligning yourself with his will. Exactly. And it's, it's so gross to me because you'll have people who are like in the hospital just dying and they'll, instead of just praying like, heal me, like this would be nice if you just like healed me. It's suddenly the prayers go from like, heal me to like, well, just give me some peace of mind to like, well, just make it comfortable to, well, make sure I'm just not prideful in my last moments. So, I mean, it just whittles down your soul of like hope, you know? And my prayers in my, like my last days. So, um, first I was very much as a Christian, I was very much just like heal this person, save this person, yada, yada, yada. Then I began to understand the prayer as a little bit more of a communal thing. Sure. And aligning thing. And I was, and so my, and that was a horrible time because I was being asked to lead every prayer ever. And I didn't really even believe, like, I would never pray for things. I would just pray. I would just pray like a thanks. Real loosey goosey prayer. Yeah. yeah. Kind of. Cause like, I mean, I grew up in the South. I, it felt ridiculous to ever do bless this food to the nearest member. Of my <laughs> yes. And there's just like scores of fried chicken. <laughs> Like, I don't think things think just dunked happen. in barbecue sauce. Yeah. Um, or like if it's like pizza or donuts or some shit like that. Isn't that funny like, though? Like the prayer on meals, not to get sidetracked, but like we would do that and we would all kind of jokingly be like, Lord, like bless this Burger King to the nourishment of our bodies. And we would all like kind of snicker, like, come on now. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. what's he doing? Oh, man. So I went from like the more. I'm asking for stuff to a little bit more of the like high theology prayer. Yeah. It's a little bit more like, oh, thank boy. you. Yeah. Help us, you know, be a light into this world, this, that, or the other. Uh, very missional focused. And then almost in a rebellious way, I went the other way. Kind of near my last days oh. where I was like, because I, I felt it. I felt weird because I'd be sitting with people and they would ask me to pray for things for them. They'd be like, can you pray for my grandma? And I'm like, yes. And I'd be like, help everyone to know what the right thing to do is in this situation. Like, I would never pray for healing. I like, I was just mm. like, I was, there was a fear in me of getting wrong and them getting upset with me. Like, they aren't just going to be upset with God. Um, yeah. To where I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to pray. And in my brain, I was like, I know that what's going to happen is going to happen. Yeah. So I'm trying not to make it harder than it already Dude, is. Dude, that's what broke me as a pastor. I won't get in like the details, but I had someone that their mom was dying of cancer actively. And we would meet every week. And I remember when he first told me, he was like, let's just pray for my mom. And, and this person was also very like high theology kind of, you know, person. So he was also in this, like, he would give those types of prayers of like, allow us just to align with your will, God. You know, it was never like, can we just ask that you heal him right now? And I was so afraid to make any prayer that was like remotely, um, like a promise. Yeah. Like a, a tangible, like, okay, God, like, can you make sure our test results are positive? Cause I was, I was so fearful that if it didn't happen, that God was going to get proved wrong. So we would pray these most loosey goosey, just Lord, you know, like, 
we ask that you would just shine through this moment, that people would just look to you in this time of need, like that your glory would be shined through the sickness, which is like, okay, that's great. But then what's the point of like, why can't, I can clearly see this kid wants his mom to live. And mm-hmm. I think that's a raw desire in his heart is to see his mom healed. And I think it's a good thing if his mom was to live. So why is this not part of God's will? Why is it better that she dies? She ended up dying. But just like, that broke me. Because I thought, what is the point of prayer? We prayed for a year, you know, and it's like, nothing changed. Like, we couldn't stop this train of cancer. It was it was going to ha- do its thing. And uh, I just think about that all the time now, that specific example, but just all over. Every, every time I'm with family or whatnot, like, the prayers are so loosey-goosey and vanilla because no one wants to make a promise and get proved wrong, you know, because... Then you got egg on your face. Well, I did pray that they get healed. Well, they died. <laughs> Oops. Well, they died. Sorry. Which is like, there's the whole, I, I remember hearing like, um, I don't remember what the analogy was. It was something to do with a lion, but it was like, um, like you don't have to stand up for God. God can stand up for himself. Yeah was kind of like the whole, it was it was an apologetics argument. But at the same time, it's like, okay, like the primary way people will interact with God is through prayer. And if he's not delivering what he said he would deliver, then he, then it sounds like somebody needs to stand up for him in that case well, because he's yeah. not doing it himself. Like I like that's where it just in, in the case and point of your friend, like, um, We shy away from praying for miracles and praying for healing. Oh yeah, because we know at the there's like an innate knowing that we don't know what's going to happen. And you know, deep down, like if you there's a bad situation, you you can't. It's almost rude yeah. to pray for healing. Like I've I've been in other cases where someone's like, you know, someone's on their last breath. And it's like, mm. am I really going to pray for a miracle right now and look like an idiot? Yeah. And make and, and I think what is hurtful to me, it's not about like distrusting God. It's more about like, I would hate to give somebody hope in that moment mm. and, and then just crush them. Like if someone's like, you know what, I'm going to pray right now that your mom's just going to jump out of that bed and, and dance and sing for God. And then it doesn't happen. Like, I can't imagine how much it would break you emotionally like to hope for that in someone's last moments. And so I think that's why people shy away from because they they have this internal conscious of like, I can't be this rude. I can't be this mean, you know, like there's people are good in that aspect. It's why doctors never tell you everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Um, They never tell families that. Right. Uh, And it's why police officers never say they're going to catch the guy. Yes. Yeah, you have to be realistic. You can't tell people like realistic. we're going to make this all right or we're going to find your yep. kid. You know, it's like if someone, yeah, yeah. yeah, all those situations. You can't give someone like it's fine at the outset. You know, like I think about like the missing kids a great example of like it's fine to have that hope in that first forty eight hours. You're like, yeah, we're going to find him. We're going to find him. But to be praying a year later or two years later and be like, today's the day we're going to find him. That's just. Suddenly you're you're losing touch with reality and you're saying like there's no hope. And of course, I'm sure if we had more listeners, maybe someone would be like, Well, that happened to me and I saw a miracle. And like that's that's an anecdote, and that's great. And I'm I'm happy for you. But yeah. in the vast majority, it's better to be more realistic and 
put your expectations aside for a moment and, and look at things with a, a critical lens and be a little hard hitting yeah. at times. But prayer, I think people are realizing more and more as we are progressing as a society that prayer has a a small corner of the room when nowadays it's, it's not as yeah. powerful as we want it to be. Let me ask you this. If you were going through something and someone said, can I pray for you? And you said, yes. Would you rather, let's say, you know, a family member was sick. Sure. Would you rather them pray a very loosey goosey, high theology, Lord, just, uh, align this situation to your will. We ask that your name be magnified, this, that, or the other, almost has nothing to do with your family member. Just seems like a copy and paste prayer. Right. Or would you rather somebody earnestly pray that your family member gets healed? Um, I think I'd rather someone do a high level loosey goosey. Really? Yeah. Cause I think, I think I would be angry at somebody. If they said like, like if my, let's say my dad's in the hospital or something, someone's like, come here, I'm going to pray that your dad walks away from the hospital today. I'd be like, get away from me. Like, that's a joke. Like, see, I'm the opposite. Really? Yeah. I would find it like, I would want to fight the, because to me, like if someone nowadays wants to pray for something in my, my life, that's for them. That's not for me. Like, I don't, I don't want that. I want you to just to, if you want to help me in another capacity or just be encouraging or just be there for me. That's, that's what I want. But if you want to pray, yeah. that's, that's just something you want to do for yourself. So I'm I guess like situationally, situation, situationally, it might've changed for me, but like, I, I, I think there's a disingenuousness about the high theology prayer where it's about aligning. I see that situation yeah, sure. with God's will. Where it's like it, you're not even talking about my mom or my dad anymore. You're just talking. You're just saying all this to make yourself feel better. And whereas the person who is actively praying for, like, is like, I'm praying that the cancer is healed or whatever. Yeah, that they they feel like they have at least a little <laughs> bit of skin in the game with me. I do see that because it's kind of like bringing in your, you know bringing in a wizard to see if they can take a crack at it. It's like, yeah, why not? Let's see if the spiritual elements. Yeah, exactly, I, exactly. I get that. I think, but what makes it the wizard as opposed to yeah, the professor, yeah, like exactly. Like it's kind of what's happening. I can see that. Like, it's, that's a good point. Like it's, at least it's a genuine thought, but I think what yeah. makes me still feel icky is that they're, they're giving themselves. And as much as I don't want to believe it in a way, it gives me a little bit of a hope. And that I, I hate that. Like if someone's like, yeah, cause I, I've, I've, mold over this idea. I have thought about prayer. I've thought about my theology for many, many years. I like to think more than a lot of people that attend church, but there's still times where like, if someone was to like, say, I'm going to pray, like there's, you know, a part of me that thinks like, well, maybe something would happen. Maybe I'll get proved wrong. You know, I'm always open. Cause I always be open-minded. I'm never just going to say I'm shut off to everything, but so I think that's what make me feel upset, but I'm curious. How I'm thinking about it. When was the last time you prayed, Evan? Dear God, almost yesterday. <laughs> um. <laughs> almost yesterday? Wait, what did you pray for? I locked I mean, myself like a, out of my apartment. <laughs> I'm talking about like a genuine connection to God, though, not just like yeah. a God help me. 
Like, were you legit? Like, you know what? I gotta put there this was like, back There was on. like a moment of me where I was just like, God, if this door opens right now, I will never do this podcast again. <laughs> like, what if it did? What would you say to me? What would you say to me? I would say exactly what happened. Would you do the podcast like, still there? I, I might do like actually do the episode and explain things and, then be, and be like, be like so because you found your keys because <laughs> the door opened without them uh, <laughs> almost yesterday. <laughs> I was not expecting that. Um, um, I think earnest prayer. Yeah, like a true. Doesn't have to be like a connection, but like when was the last time you were like, you know what? Like I this is. I'm going to try to have the conversation or I'm going to make a request and I'm going to be earnest about it. I don't know. Cause I think every now and then I go in waves. I'll be like, I, it's, it happens less and less nowadays, but definitely in my deconstructing, there was some times where I was like, all right. I, you know, if you're there. Sure. Yeah. Help with this situation. Um, so maybe 2017, 2018. Okay. Yeah. So around that time, I was certainly praying during that era, like when I was also deconstructing, um, I won't lie. There's been a few times, probably two or three times since then where I have just, it's more of like just putting a cap on this whole thing. I remember, honestly, it's probably like a year or so ago before this podcast, I was like, I was giving like one last shot. I was just like, okay, here's a prayer. <laughs> I was like, if you can make something, like make yourself known to me, like right now, like even just a glimmer of hope, I will, I will rethink everything. I will put it. I mean, I was just trying to be it's hard line, give it a shot, put myself out there. I don't even know what I prayed. I can't remember, but something along the lines of like, I think I put a timestamp and I was like, if something miraculous happens by like noon tomorrow, I will reconsider everything. And then my toast magically came out of the toaster and started talking. No, <laughs> your your what magically came out of the toaster? I said my toast came out of the toaster. <laughs> I thought you said your toe. <laughs> <laughs> then a golden toe came out of my toaster, and then a fleece came down from heaven. No, nothing miraculous happened. Rocco barked. Yeah, Rocco barked in English. <laughs> but hello, Scott. <laughs> I've done a couple of those in my life, like more out of like. Uh, Scott, I can speak English this whole time. I just been faking it. Jokes just on been you. Faking it. But I don't know. Last Ernest prayer was probably around that time. I think when I was maybe 2017, when I would legit think there was a like connection there of like yeah. I'm talking to God. Um, yeah, prayer is. I'm still around it all the time. You know, like I, mm -hmm. my, my family prays over every meal. Um, I actually had to pray over a meal just a few months ago and that felt weird. <laughs> they asked me to pray. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. What the doesn't that, is. doesn't that just feel like feels icky. someone, it, it feels like someone wants you and this other person that they're convinced you two know each yeah. other. <laughs> That's what it feels like. <laughs> you know, they're convinced. They're like, "No, you were both at Robbie's birthday yeah. party." No, I was in 2019. He was in 2020. You both played so, baseball growing up. You're basically friends. 
Yeah. Nope, I played kickball. He played waffle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it felt like that. I, I, I think I was at lunch with just my parents, and I think they kind of like gave me the nod, and I was like, ah, like I, I got to just go for it. See, I made such a big stink a while ago while I was in seminary that my family started doing it themselves. Oh. Because um, I was like, I feel like I'm in, I was, I was like, I feel like I'm in seminary and just all like, I'm just getting asked to pray every single freaking time. They're yes. Like, well, you're, the, you're, you're in seminary. And I'm like, I know, but like, it gets old. Isn't that a funny like, thing too? Like, I remember when I was at the height of like, when I was a pastor, like yeah. any family event, you're called upon as like, well, you're the best at prayer. Like you're, you, you're the number one prayer. Like you have the insane stats at prayer. You got to pray. Which I do get it from the aspect now of like, if you have a family member who's a mechanic, <laughs> that's how it feels. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, but like as, as somebody who's in seminary, you're like your your life your, your life skills are like not great. Like this is the one you got yeah. that you can provide, and you provide it over every Thanksgiving and Christmas. I can day. say a corny toast essentially before we <laughs> eat our meal. That's I'm good at making toasts. Is what it is. I was in the middle of one prayer one time, and this was probably the straw that broke the camel's back, if I'm being honest. Um, but I was praying, and I was like, all right, in Jesus' name, amen. And my grandmother goes, now, hold on, I want to say something, too. Yeah. And like, it's like, don't, don't let that go all wait, the way up. Wait, didn't lick that envelope. <laughs> <laughs> wait, get that back. You can't unsend a text message. Bring it back down. I need to put my two cents in. Wait, no, I got (laughs) Hold on, don't. Your pappy needs to choose. Postman, come back. Postman, I didn't put a stamp on that one. Hold on. Don't leave quite yet, Mr. Mailman. God. Oh, that's so funny. (laughs) Yes. Do, would you ever get judgmental of people's prayers too when you were in the height of it? Like I remember being a pastor and you like here's a here's a pet peeve is when people put father every other sent like word. Did you have people that would do that? They'd be like, Father, thank you for this day. Father, we Father, we just want to come to you, Father, and thank you father for and Father, everything father you give, Father. father. <laughs> That's the word, uh, Phil. Our like choir director slash like head youth person, not youth minister, uh she would do Heavenly Father. Uh, she would just like throw it in and be like, Dear Heavenly Father, we really thank you. Heavenly Father, Heavenly oh, Father, Heavenly God. Father, Heavenly Father. Hamana, 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 hamana. Um, but there was, a, there was a guy at our church in college. <laughs> he would lead. He was one of the deacons. And so he would do the offering. It was a situation where like the deacons uh-huh. did the offering. It was like the one fucking job. <laughs> And he would uh, get up and he would lead the prayer. And every, I don't know if everybody had our sense of humor or if they just genuinely thought he was good at prayer, but we called him for a while there. I didn't know his name. I knew him as the dear Lord guy. Oh no. Because he would just be get up there and he'd be like, dear Lord, we thank you for this day. Dear Lord. Oh no. Dear Lord. We ask you bless this offering, dear Lord. <laughs> and so, like all the college students would just like we would be sitting in our pews and we would have our we'd have our hands on our knees, um, hands resting on our knees, and we would just one, two, dear Lord, three, dear Lord, <laughs> four. Dear Lord, four. We got up to like seven or eight one time. Oh, but that was that was always Lord a wild guy. ride. Yeah, prayer from other people who shouldn't probably be 
praying. Yeah. Well, any final thoughts? We'll probably keep it quick, but mm. since we're hitting the hour mark, but any final thoughts on prayer, Evan? Uh, just it's weird. It's 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 a weird <laughs> thing. Like it's, I I think it's funny that Christians, you know, are a little bit, you know, uh, some Christians are a little bit against like the East Asia practices of like meditating mm. and different things like that and um they've like orientalized a lot of that stuff and you know made it kind of like the other uh the other weird kind of stuff mm -hmm. out there whereas <laughs> prayer just doesn't make any freaking sense no when you really think about it um like it at least in like in any sort of context even going back to um even going back to, you know, Genesis days, like the types of prayers that you had were very much like help us survive or kill these other people. Yeah. And like it, it was that whereas and then it transitions and it's a little bit more like, all right, well, you know, pray for people who are mean to you. You know, they pray that they might start to be nice to you. Yeah. That's one thing you can do. Um, mm -hmm. Which is a novel idea of like, well, you can't do anything about anybody else and they're dick bag attitude <laughs> um but then it immediately swings back the other direction which it doesn't swing back because jesus still has stuff about you know ask anything of your father you know yeah would your if you were a father would you give your kid a snake instead of if he asked for right yeah a toy or whatever um and even then jesus says you know god dressed solomon and he's like, he created the grass. Like, how much more would he do for you? And so we get that, and then we get into John a little bit. And John's just like, we know that we'll get shit if we ask God, according to his will. Yeah. According to his will. And that's always the, like the little thing. It's always the weird little Band-Aid mm -hmm. is according to his will. And if you step back and you look at the world and you're like, is this really according to his will? Right. Yeah. Is this the best way? This is how it all is should shake out. Is everything going according to his will? I don't think so. Mm. So yeah. either somebody's doing, either somebody's doing a little too much praying, or someone's doing a doing not too much, <laughs> not, not enough. <laughs> hmm. Are you gonna ask me about my day? <laughs> I was waiting on you to finish your cup of coffee there. Oh, I was waiting on you to yeah. ask me how, how this gal's doing over here. Yeah, well, 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 what what bring what 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 brings a ten dollar bill like you into a dime like this? Sometimes I just want to feel needed on this podcast, Evan. Okay. <laughs> Who who's that hoochie mama at the end of the bar? What was that? What's my final thought? Okay, thanks for asking. <laughs> my final thought, Evan. <laughs> Uh, yeah, tell me, what are you thinking about? Tell me your thoughts. I don't have any. Let's get to our plugs. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, I'll keep it quick. Uh, Sorry. I think I've said most of what I wanted to say about prayer, but I find it concerning that it, it it's turned into and morphed because of New Testament verses that it's about finding God's hidden agenda and you have to find the secret <clears throat> map of God's will so you just kind of pray these loosey-goosey hope this happens i hope this works um and sometimes like like you mentioned how 
we should pray for the things that we want and what we think are good. And it's teaching Christians that wanting things can be wanting things that are inherently good, like people to get well or for your neighbors to be saved can be bad because it's not God's will because it didn't happen. So prayer is a, I have a very confusing relationship with prayer. I think it's something I did a lot and, um, it, it's morphed over the years and I'm at a point now where I'm kind of fed up with it. (laughs) I think I've tried it on for long enough that it's something that I am like, ah, it's like when I see thoughts and prayers online, you know, for things that happen, it's like, that's all it is. It's just kind of just noise, just, just a knee jerk. And I don't find it like offensive. It's just more like, I think people just don't know what to say when they encounter things that are outside their control. So they just say, I'm going to pray for you when it's more difficult to go like, how can I help you? Or like, what's something I could do for you? Cause a lot of times there's not something you, you can do. If someone's going through a rough time, they might not need you at that moment, but it's for a way for you to feel like you're included to say like, well, I'm praying for you. So yeah, I, I get the sentiment from people, but I think we can mature as a people and, and, and communicate our feelings in a better way than just saying, go thoughts and prayers. So yeah. that's my final thought and prayer. As Casting Crowns once said, <laughs> what if his people prayed? <laughs> what if his people prayed? Or something like that. Okay. Yeah, stop asking. Stop Oprah asking Oprah. Oprah. Not telling. Yeah, <laughs> stop telling is. Oprah what. Casting <laughs> crowns. Oh hell, it's done. Evan, He's like, what are you? Y'all plugging? stop talking to Oprah. Y'all stop bullying Oprah. Stop telling Quit Oprah telling what, to what to do. <laughs> what are you plugging, Evan? Oh man. Uh, so I'm finally on the train, Scott. You waved that ticket around, and I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll get on this train. I started watching Murderville. Oh my God. Yeah. It's amazing. It's the best. Oh my God. It's so good. I can't believe I haven't watched it yet. Mr. Improv. I know for real. I didn't know what it was for a long time. Uh, And then like, uh, Katie's in Montana right now with, uh, her organization digging up dinosaurs. Um, and I was like, well, I don't want to like get too far ahead in any of these shows. So I wanted to start like a new one. And so I started, Murderville and the Marshawn Lynch episode. Oh my God, that's the best one. I think he thinks it's real. <laughs> Marshawn, you are 100% incorrect. For real? <laughs> For real? What do you want me to do with your great Aunt Viv? <laughs> I love that episode. That's I think the top one is the Marshawn Lynch episode. <laughs> he takes it so. I love how like he walks into the room and he like. He thinks there's been a crime scene. Like he is so serious and oh, yeah. somber when he walks. In. This is a teensy bit off topic, but have you seen his? So he used to go to like Applebee's all the time when he was in college, mm. and then he did like a 30 years later interview. But the Applebee's interview, he's like, "I just love the ambiance and the atmosphere. I have to figure out which one I like more, ambiance or atmosphere." <laughs> he, he was interviewed about it now, and he was like. I'll be honest with you. I had no idea what those words meant when I was <laughs> doing the interview. I love him. He's a national treasure. I love him. Oh, what are you plugging, Scott? I'm plugging Marshawn Lynch, apparently. Yeah, uh, rightly so. Um, me and Holly binged 
five of the eight episodes of Jury Duty last night, and it is oh, a masterpiece if you haven't watched it yet. I've watched like the first episode. I might watch all of it. Oh, it is um, so... Um, yeah, it, I watched the little bit where they they get sequestered, and uh, he shares that he shares that uh, door with the other guy. Yeah, and like the, the like bailiff is there telling him stuff, and the guy keeps popping yeah. up behind. So you got to stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> James you, Marsden is <laughs> the best because he takes on this like inflated version of himself of just being this smug like Hollywood, you know. Big time actor. Oh, it's so funny. Like, it is it is wild that they pull this off. Like, I was talking about how I was these actors are on for 24-7. Like they are in their like hangout room or they're going to lunch and dinner together and they can't shut off. Like they are on their character the whole time. It's truly to me, it's just incredible that these people can pull this off. But uh we binged it last night and I'm I am just hooked on it. So Jury duty, you got to finish it. So that's all I got. All right. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening today. You can follow us on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Threads, uh, TikTok, and YouTube at uh, Unblessed Pod. Um, you can also email us at unblessedpodcast at gmail.com. Um, and thank you very much for listening. Without further ado, my name is Evan. And I'm Scott. And don't forget to close your Bible.